bit more like Christmas now? Well, if that doesn't do it, let me just begin with a couple letters from Santa. We, uh, we have opened our front doors to the community, and it's been pretty amazing to see what God has done in bringing people in who are just taking a journey to the post office. And they make our, their way in, and we have seen people come and stop at the prayer wall. We have had uh, literally times where there's been 20, 30 minutes of prayer for people who've walked in, people who have really had their lives changed because of just something as simple as walking in the front door thinking they were in the post office. And one of the things we did was we put a place for kids to sign uh, letters to Santa. And we're going to forward these to Santa. So if any of you wrote these, don't worry about it. He's got them. But I wanted to read one of them to you. This one uh, is written by a little girl. She says, I love you, Santa. I hope that I, I get all my stuff on my Christmas list. I'm trying to be nice. Tammy and I are going to read a number of these on Christmas Eve, but I wanted to share just two of them with you. This one, Santa, for Christmas, I want happiness. Happiness for my friends that will make me smile. Love. Now think about that coming from the hand of a child. What I really want is happiness for my friends. That selflessness that comes because you get an opportunity to express yourself. And I, I, I wondered, you know, when I, when I read that, I, I wondered what was going on in that little girl's life. I wonder if she was rejected by her friends. I wonder if her friends were unhappy and she was happy. I wondered if she didn't have friends. And maybe all of the above, of, of the above is true. But just because it's a happy season and because... We're happy doesn't mean, or at least we appear to be happy, doesn't mean we're really, really happy deep down inside of us. Today I want to talk to you about God being present in your life. The present God. He's not the past tense God or the future God. He's the present God. He's present in time, but he's also present in his presence. The thing that I've come to love about God and understand is this, that God loves to do the unexpected. About the time you think you understand God, God does the unexpected. He does greater than you could imagine, and yet it, there's always that tension. Have you ever noticed that tension that, that pulls where you, you feel like God is going to do something and then he doesn't, and then you have that moment of, of let's say, discouragement or, or wonder, what is God really in my life? Is God doing anything? And then God does the unexpected. And you look back and say, I didn't see that coming. I didn't know what God was doing. Or you go through a especially difficult time in your life and you really start to lose some hope or you start to lose some vision for what God can do and wants to do in your life. And then all of a sudden you look back and you go, I see now the hand of God in all those moments in my life. In those weeks, in those, those months, and maybe even those years, I see now how those pieces fit together that are shaping me and molding me into the image of God himself. The other thing I've noticed that, that God's favor overcomes. And, and when I write that, I just say God's favor overcomes and just you fill in the blank. 
When the favor of God comes, it overcomes discouragement. It overcomes defeat. It overcomes heartbreak. And, and the favor is something that's available to everyone in this room. And, and you just take those moments and say, God, would you just bring your favor on me right now? God, would you, would you just bless me in a way that helps me to understand who you are and what you're doing in my life? Because maybe you're confused, maybe you're not. But God wants to do something. And then I've also just been moved by many of you who just inspire others with your love for Jesus. And if there's one message we want to do uh, to give out and just to, to send through our body, it is this, that you can be an inspiration to someone about the love of Jesus. That when people see you, instead of hearing you know, something that maybe is negative or something that is discouraging or grumbling, maybe what, what they really see is you love Jesus. You just love Jesus. You don't have all the maybe answers to all the questions the skeptics bring. You don't know why the world is in the mess it's in, but you love Jesus. And there's something about that. We've noticed it when we, when we interact, and we really do. We interact with probably, I don't know, maybe 50, 60 people a week come through these doors by mistake, by God's mistake. And when you minister to them, the thing that just keeps coming back is loving Jesus telling people about the love of Jesus. In the prophet Isaiah, in the ninth chapter, I want to take you to this scripture for today. It's Isaiah chapter 9 and two verses that are probably familiar, at least in part, to you. But I want to walk you through a little bit of what Isaiah the prophet was saying. He said, for unto us a child is born. Now imagine Isaiah the prophet writing 700 years before the birth of Christ. He's writing about something. He doesn't even understand what he's writing. What does that mean? For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And then all of a sudden, that, that's kind of normal. We can experience that. We understand that. Children are born. Sons are born. But then it takes it to a whole new level. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. That is, the dominion and the rule of the world is going to be on this boy. And I'm sure that when Isaiah wrote under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, he wondered, what does that mean? What kind of boy is this? At what age will he take reign? Will he be the king of Israel or the king of the whole earth? It says the government will be upon his shoulder. And when you study Scripture, you notice that on the shoulder of Jesus, many things happen. He talked about a yoke. He said, are you weary and heavy laden? Come unto me, because my yoke that thing that goes across the shoulder of the animal to pull the device, the wagon, the plow, whatever, it fits well. And then we see Jesus carrying his cross. And on those shoulders, he carried that cross. And then we see this future here on his shoulders. He carries your future and my future. And his name will be called Wonderful. And Isaiah wondered, probably as he wrote, Wonderful, what kind of name is that? Counselor. He's going to be called Wonderful and he's going to be called the Counselor. Have you had that experience where Jesus has become wonderful to you? It's just a a simple prayer. God, would you just be wonderful to me? Would you let me see your character? Or maybe you're going through difficulty. You know which way to turn and, and God becomes your Counselor. God, would you be my Counselor right now? The mighty God. 
Oh, this is no ordinary boy. This is God coming. This is a prediction of God coming in the flesh. Mighty God, everlasting Father. And he begins to talk about eternity. Have you, have you ever just done the, the thought of eternity? Just kind of thought, what is eternity like? Imagine this. There is no past in eternity. There is no future in eternity. In eternity, everything is present tense. God has already lived all of your tomorrows. Does that thought just kind of resonate with you? God has already lived all your tomorrows. He's already looked into your life and seen all that you're going to go through. He knows all of that, and he is prepared for it. You're not catching him unaware. He's lived all of your tomorrows. He's called the Father, the Prince of Peace. And then it says this, of the increase of his government, and peace. And the word peace there is the word shalom in the Hebrew. And the word shalom means, or peace means, may every dimension of your being be in place. May your kids grow up handsome and beautiful. May your teeth be straight. May your food be good. May your life be long. Shalom is a blessing that covers every dimension of your life. And it says of the increase of his government and of his peace, there's going to be no end. There is no end to the peace of God. You know when you, you, know when you, you run out of peace, when you just lack that in your life, you know what's happening? You're stopping short of letting him be that peace in your life. It says there will be no end. And upon the throne of David and of his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forever. This is an eternal kingdom, and the zeal of the Lord of the hosts will perform this. Chaplain of the, of the house, Peter Marshall, said this on one occasion, God will not permit any troubles to come upon us unless he has a specific plan by which great blessings can come out of that difficulty. God is not going to let your sorrow go to waste. He will take it and he will turn it for your good. He will take whatever you have and he's going to bring brightness and joy to it. He has a purpose and a plan for it. If you watch the news lately and if we just took and, and kind of looked back over the year, it would be a, a, a screen filled with positive and negative things, would it not? I want you to watch this video about the news and see if you can reflect on this and relate to this, especially the very end of the video. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. And ransom captive
human condition has always been such that trials and difficulty and struggles are apart, but the Prince of Peace came to change that. You know what God does? God realigns things in our life and in our ultimately in our world. You see, God's eternal purpose is to realign government and policy and law, but he begins with your heart and my heart. When my heart is realigned, I look at news differently. I look at life differently. I begin to understand that he is wonderful. Do I have the tension of why the world is the way it is? Absolutely. Do I wonder why God doesn't show up and just do something radical? Absolutely. I don't know the mind of God completely. I know a little bit from his word, but I don't know all the purposes and plans of God, but I know when, when, I'm, when I struggle, he shows up as counselor. And when I realize him as wonderful and counselor, I understand him as the mighty God. And that God is a God who expands. He expands my heart. He expands my love. And God extends his love through you and through me. You know, I want you just for a moment to think about it like this. I want to ask you to participate in the great mission of our king. That's what we're here, you know. Why are we here? We're here to participate in the great mission of our king. We're not here to retire. 
We're not here just to raise a family. We're not here just to go on a vacation or whatever you you put in that slot. We're here to participate in the great mission of God. And this kind of request, request, if answered, will bring about a new season of growth in you personally. You can never grow personally if you do not participate in the great mission of God. If you don't find a slot and a way to live out that mission in your life, you will never grow personally, and we as a church will never grow corporately. We will never grow without that. I'm going to ask you to give this upcoming year your best time. Some of you say, well, I'm already given all I got. Then don't give any more. But I'm going to ask you to prayerfully think, how can I give my best time to the great mission of God? I'm going to ask you to give your, your money and your energy and most of all, your heart to the great mission of God. We are on a journey, on a mission. The 34 months that have brought us to this place as a church have been, have been just steeped in the hand of God, marked by the hand of God. And to whatever degree you participate in the great mission of God is a degree that you find satisfaction in that. This request is a request for a new level of trust in God and faith in God. My goal is always just try to be obedient to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Imagine what would happen, what we could do if in the next 12 months, if we could leverage our courage, if we could leverage our commitment, if we could leverage our effort for the kingdom of God. Imagine if we could lead people to Jesus Christ like never before. People are not turned off by Christ. They're just not hearing the message. They're not hearing the story of Jesus. That's all. Tammy referred to earlier, we're going to put 12,000 of these door hangers on the, on the homes in Anaheim Hills. And on the back side of it, I'm so excited about this because it has on the back steps to peace with God. It has a plan of salvation and it has a prayer to receive Jesus Christ. This morning, we ask our prayer team to pray over these 10 boxes of door hangers that are going out. And as they go on there, you say, well, I just throw those away. But not everybody does. Maybe you and I would pray and commit and say, we're going to pray that the Holy Spirit uses these in the lives of people. I'm praying that God gives us at least 1% return in salvation on these, these door hangers. If God wanted to give 10%, all the better. If God wants to get everybody saved, I don't really care how he does it or what he does, but I want to see God do something in that. I want to see God take those Bible clubs that we've started in the high schools and junior high, and I want to see God do even more. There's not a week goes by that we don't see dozens of kids come to faith in Jesus Christ in the public high school. Every single time, just last week, over at Diamond Ranch, we showed God's not dead. Seventy kids showed up. Kids got saved. Tell me, you can't get the gospel into the neighborhood. You can't get the gospel into the school, and we'll show you how we can. We began to see God do some amazing things. We just finished our, our, our semester of School of the Ministry, and 100-plus people finished the evangelism course. And they're fired up for Jesus. 35 people have committed to go to South Africa and preach the gospel, and I know when they come back, they're going to they're gonna be on fire with the Holy Spirit, and they're going to proclaim Jesus in Southern California. 
the next 12 months, if our level of courage could, could grow and our commitment could grow and our effort to grow, what would happen if we were really committed to persistent prayer and healing? What if we really began to take God at his word and said, God, we believe mountains can move. You told us and we're just going to take you at your word. What would happen if you would begin to do that? What would begin to happen in the hearts of people if we would begin to see the mighty works of God, people healed of their disease, set free from their affliction, come to relationship with God, relationships built back up? What would happen? What would happen if we had mountain-moving faith? What would happen if we had sacrificial giving? What would happen if every person participated in all of these things and said, I'm going to give it the next 12 months of my life. I'm going to give it a shot. I've been doing church a long time, and I've never done that for 12 months straight. What would happen if I would take 12 months and do that? You say, I've been a Christian a long time. Yes, but have you been fired up for God for a long time? Well, I used to do that. So what? Everybody did something then. That's gone. What are you doing now for God in the kingdom? What are you doing to not to take care of you but to take care of somebody else? How are you ministering the gospel to Jesus Christ? Prayerfully, we want you to consider that, that this year you're going to make the largest year in gift you've ever made. And you say, why would we do that? Why would we do that? Let me tell you why. We really believe the next step in our, in our leadership here is a community uh, group pastor and someone to kind of bring us all together and form groups, and we want to do that. We want to buy a couple of vans for our student ministry. We want to wrap them with that says influence, and everywhere we go, we've got billboards going. We want to upgrade some media equipment to prevent failure like you saw a few weeks ago. We want to see God do some stuff that's amazing. We want to use technology to reach the world for Jesus Christ. We want you to sign up and be a part of school and ministry and see what God can do because here's what we're doing. We're going to launch a global school of ministry. This year, we will be touching lives. We have about 50,000 people on just one of our Facebook pages, and a third of them are international. What would happen if we could grab some of those, start empowering them with the gospel, start sending them out? There are places where they don't have school, places where they don't have the ability to, but they've got, believe it or not, I've been in some of the worst slums of the world, and, I, and they've got internet. What would happen if we could start empowering and sending out people for the gospel of Jesus Christ? I see, I see in my spirit thousands of men and women across the globe learning, growing, and expanding the kingdom with the clear proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've been, we started the school of ministry back in June, and, and it's grown now to an enrollment over 180 people. Think about that. We have totally outgrew grew that multipurpose room. We're stacked in there so tight, you can catch every disease known to man just sitting in there. All right? That's how close we are. And God gave us a vision to expand what we're doing. And I want you to see what we've been doing. Oh, a, a great team led by Milt and others that we've been doing over here on the loading dock. So we're going to just roll up these doors and give you a peek of what's coming. It's about 70% done. And by the new conference, it's going to be completely done. And we want you to get a picture of that right now. Is that awesome? That'll seat almost 300 people. We didn't do that for no purpose. 
We did it because we're looking upstream to what God's going to do. We're not looking downstream to what God has done. The big tragedy that Israel had was that they were focused on what blessings were yesterday instead of the blessings of today, on what God was doing yesterday instead of what God will do tomorrow. Our God is a today God, amen? What God does in you, he wants to do today. He wants to minister to you in a great way. God begins. You see, your future begins when you meet Jesus Christ. A.W. Tozer put it like this, God dwells in eternity, but time dwells in God. He has already lived all of our tomorrows, and he has already lived all of our yesterdays. That's the God that we have. When we, when we put this door hanger out there and we go door to door and we put those on those doors and people grab them, we're praying the Holy Spirit of God on every one of these door hangers. We're praying that all the ones that, that don't have this same level of significance are set aside until first someone looks and says, let me see what it says, and I'm going to walk you through what it says right now. It is three steps to peace this season. Step one, God loves you. Regardless what you've done in your life, God loves you, every one of you. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Eternal life begins the moment you believe in Jesus. Number two, connect with God. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no one comes to, to the Father except through me. John 14, 6. There is no other way. Step three, receive Christ. But as many as received him, to them... He gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. You see, when I believe, when I reach out my hand and say, I want that, God hands it to me. But God waits for me to reach and say, to as many as received him, as if I'm receiving something like this, and I receive the salvation. When I receive, when I make a decision to do that, what happens is that ignites salvation in my heart. I then have the right and the power to become a son or a daughter of the living God. Amen? And that, that coming to faith in God is simply a prayer of faith. It's simply trusting in Jesus. It's simply believing what he said is true. I want you to stand with me, and I'm going to give you a sample of a sinner's prayer. If you've never prayed this prayer... I'm going to ask you to do it today. Even though these are my words written, they're the words that can be your faith. If they express what's going on in your heart and in your life. You know, I've had many conversations with people, and I ask them this question, do you know for certain you're going to heaven when you die? And they'll say, I hope so. I'd like to think so. I've been a good person. I was baptized. I'm a church member. Those are the comments I get, and I get it all the time. It's amazing how many times people are deceived by the most important thing in their life, and that is salvation. We've had people in our school of ministry came in there believing 
but they wanted to take their faith, go to a new level, believing that they were going to, to learn more about the faith and ended up finding Jesus Christ because they had substituted their whole life being good or being religious for the new birth. You see, I was born at a certain day physically. I was also born on a certain day spiritually. If you were standing before God and he said, why should I let you into my heaven, what would you say? What would be your response? I want you to look at the screen. We're going to have uh, this scripture up here, I believe. Is this up here or not? If not, let me just read it to you. Dear Lord Jesus, just repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. And I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I now invite you to come into my life. I want to trust you as Savior. And follow you as Lord. Was that your prayer? Was that your prayer for the very first time? Did something inside of you ignite when you prayed that? Benjamin Disraeli said this, what we anticipate seldom occurs, but what we least expect generally happens. You may have come today not expecting to meet him, but you just did. You just did. I believe when we anticipate the good, God gives us the good. I believe when we allow God to realign our life, God realigns our life. I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads with me right now and pray. Heavenly Father, as we pray, we recognize that there are those here today who actually, literally, prayed that prayer for the very first time in faith. They may have had an awareness of God, known about God, but never knew God. So right now, Lord Jesus, I pray that for everyone who right now would say, that's me, that's me, I'm going to ask each of you to have a boldness to just tell God, God, that was me. I prayed that prayer today in faith, believing. I received the Lord Jesus today in faith. Was that your prayer? If that was your prayer, I'm going to ask you just to have the courage to lift your hand right now, wherever you are in the room. Just lift your hand. God bless you. Anyone else? Amen. God bless you. Anyone else? That was your prayer. And for those of you who know Christ, let me ask you, who do you know that doesn't know Jesus? And what are you doing about it? Are you on a mission of the great king? teach and preach and proclaim Christ wherever you go? Maybe some of you need to be healed. You've been praying and you haven't seen God move yet, but you, you say, I wish someone would pray for me and with me. We'd like to give that opportunity this morning right here at this front. I'm also going to ask those of you who would who'd be willing to come and just lay your hand on this box. This is just one box of probably a dozen boxes that are going to go out tomorrow morning starting at 7 a.m pray, God, I just pray that for every one of these door hangers, God, that the gospel, when it goes forth, it's going to go forth with power. It's not going to be seen as a door hanger. It's going to be seen as an invitation to meet the King of kings and the Lord of lords. 
as the band plays, I'm just going to ask you to start moving here toward the front. You'd like someone to pray with you, come. You just received Christ, come. You'd like to come and just pray for this work of, of sending these out into our community. Would you just come and lay your hand on this box right now? Just come quickly, come quickly and just let God use you. Maybe you need to pray for a loved one. You say, you know, I know someone who doesn't know Jesus. Might be a, f a friend or a family member, but they need to know Christ. Would you come and just stand at this altar and say, Jesus, would you save them? Would you come into their heart, God? Would you let me be used in this great mission of the King to preach Jesus Christ to people, to teach them about the lo Father's love? About the Father's love. Just come and just... And just gather here at the front with these and say I want to be a part of what God wants to do in this upcoming year for the great mission of the king I want you to I want to leverage my courage I want to leverage my my gifts and my time and my energy and my money I want to leverage all those things that the kingdom might go forth with great power and and great authority amen amen and amen